Hi friends, welcome to the FBC Tuttle podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. We are so glad you're here. Each week on our podcast, you'll hear messages from our pastor, Brother Marty Williams. If you'd like to join us for worship, we meet every Sunday at 1045 a.m. Central in Tuttle, Oklahoma and online at fbctuttle.net. Now, let's get started. I appreciate that the way that the Lord moves all things together along in a worship service to magnify His Son, Jesus. I hope you believe that that is what church ought to all be about, because it is. I also hope that, and I believe that you do, that you you believe that this is the eternal, everlasting Word of God. That every bit of it is true. That every bit of it can be trusted. I don't trust my own intellect. It scares me to death to think that I might preach something that is not true. And it's one of the reasons that, that I use so much Scripture when I preach. Because you really, you just can't do any better. And, uh, and, and this is another, this is another one of those weeks where we're going to have, we're going to have a lot of scripture. You know, we, we are talking about, have been talking about for the last couple of weeks, spiritual sacrifices. The, uh, the basis for the messages that I have preached and will preach over the next couple of weeks at least has been Second Peter chapter 2 verses 1 through 5. And I know I know that I've read these to you. We've talked about them for the last, I think, three weeks. This is my third week to introduce with it, but I'm going to do it again this morning. Uh, For it is, I mean, it is a powerful scripture in the Word of God. Peter tells the, the groups that he is writing to, the people that he is writing to, that because they have trusted in what Jesus has done, because he, they, Jesus has, is their Redeemer. Jesus is the sacrifice that paid for their sins. Peter says this, Therefore, lay aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. And as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. And then verse 4, coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also as living stones are being built up, a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You know, as as I read that, I was reminded this week, it's like, okay, you know, there's lots of, lots of words in there, lots of, and I've, and I've preached on it, but, but I remembered an a, uh, English lesson from a time in 7th or 8th grade, what we used to call junior high, that said that, that in, a, in a complete sentence that's got a lot of commas, you can eliminate all the commas and still have a complete sentence. That everything in the commas is descriptive. Now, if, if that's not exactly right, I, I kind of run back by my wife and I said, is, did, I, did I remember that right? Can I eliminate the commas and the stuff in between the commas and still have a complete sentence? And she told me yes. 
Okay? So I'm going to try that. All right? So if we look at verses 4 through, I guess, 4 and 5, without the commas, it would say this, coming to him as a living stone to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Coming to him to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So that's what we're, that's what we're talking about. You know, the, the people of the Bible, they, they knew what sacrifice meant. They knew what sacrifice was. In fact, to them, it was worship. That's how they worshipped. They worshipped by coming to the temple and offering, offering sacrifice. It seems to me that the, the church today has things really, really, really clouded up. Because there are some that, that think that to worship we need um, bands and music and, and uh, all kinds of theatrical stuff. We put words on the screen. I mean, all, every, lots of people have different ideas about what worship is. Now, I don't think we have near the problem with that that, that some may think, right? But in the Old Testament, they knew what worship was. I want to I read to you a passage out of, out of Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the book of Leviticus, and, and, and this is not the message, this is just to get us started, to get us thinking about it. In the book of Leviticus, God lays out the sacrifices on how His people are to worship. And I believe the, I mean, the reason that he did that was, was to show the differences between his holiness and the people's, our human being, our sinfulness. And why God chose the sacrifice of animals, the shedding of blood to do that. He is God. He gets to decide those things. We don't need an explanation. That is what he said. We would do well to remember that today. He is God. Do what he said. Right? But in Leviticus chapter 1, it says this, Now the Lord called to Moses and spoke to him from the tabernacle of meeting, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When any one of you brings an offering to the Lord, you shall bring your offering of the livestock, of the herd, and of the flock. If this offering is a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish, and he shall offer it of his own free will at the door of the tabernacle of meeting before the Lord. And then he shall put his hand on the head of the burnt offering, and it will be accepted on his behalf to make atonement for him. I want you to think about that for a minute. The blood of that sacrificial animal was then taken by the priest and it was offered on, on behalf of the one that was bringing the sacrifice for atonement. For atonement of sin. 
I read a thing this week that I want to just read to you. It's a little bit graphic, but sometimes we need to be impressed with the reality of how things are. And it said this, it said, Now today when we say that something was a real sacrifice, rarely do we mean that blood was shed. For us, sacrifice means giving something up or taking something on that costs us a little money or comfort or convenience. Sacrifice in the Bible, however, is the bloody reality of an animal being butchered on the altar. Imagine the cost to these sacrifices. Imagine the expense of taking the best animal in your herd down to the temple in Jerusalem just to be burnt up. That was the animal that would have produced the best offspring, and it wasn't easy to give up. Imagine the time burden, especially if you didn't live in Jerusalem. You would have to travel and find a place to stay. Imagine the emotional or spiritual burden as you made this trek, knowing that you would have to identify and confess your sin to the priest in offering your sacrifice. Imagine the sensory overload of this experience. The violent resistance of the animal. The spurting of blood. The feel of pulling the animal apart. The smell of its burning flesh and bones. Imagine the emotional and spiritual impact of offering this sacrifice. Putting your hand on its head. Knowing that it was your sin that made this death necessary. And imagine knowing that you'll be back again and again and again because you will continue to sin. But also imagine the burden rolling away. When you slit that animal's throat and watched it burn and the priest declared your sin forgiven, imagine the sense of relief you felt. You would think it should be me. I am the one who deserved to die. But this innocent animal has become my substitute. This animal died so that I can live. This was good news. And can I just tell you that all Scripture shouts to us that that is exactly what the Lord Jesus did on the cross for us. I mean, I don't know if you've ever thought about, you know, those graphic details of what it would have been like to have brought an animal that you raised to, to that place where they would do that. And your involvement in it. I'm not sure that I ever realized that as those sacrifices were being offered, the one that offered it had its, his hand on its head. It's intensely personal. For some reason, I think of Old Testament sacrifices, right, as being distant and just being a, yeah, just something you did. But you know what? There's no way that could have been true. Not if it was done right. That's what Jesus did for us. That's what Jesus did for all who will call on Him. All who will turn to Him and turn away from sin. Trust in Him. Follow Him. 
2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, the Apostle Paul told, told the Corinthian people that, that, that God is pleading through us. We beg you, he said, we beg you, be reconciled to God. For he made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. John the Baptist, who was the forerunner of the Messiah, prophesied to be the forerunner of the Messiah. Jesus himself said, the greatest prophet that there was. No man ever before. John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus, in John chapter 1, verse 29 says, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Jesus was once for all the sacrifice that shed his blood for the payment of sin. That was a stumbling block for many back then when they had their rituals on how things should be done. It's a stumbling block for many today. That the death of one man 2,000 years ago could redeem all people unto themselves if they trust and believe. But you know what? That has always been and was always God's plan. It was always God's plan. Certainly, Peter understood that. Peter knew that Jesus was the sacrifice that took away the sin of the world. Jesus, I mean, he, he, he knew that. He understood that. So, so we're looking at then at, at what are these spiritual sacrifices that Peter says that we are, you know, that we're to make. Right? What, what are they? We, we looked last week at, at Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Right, That said, I, I appeal to you, brothers, he tells the Romans, I appeal to you by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Offer your body as a living sacrifice. How you live, what you do. How you talk, where you go, how you think can be spiritual worship. He said we do it two different ways. By number one, not being conformed to the world. To not allowing the world to press us into its mold. And second, we are transformed by the renewing of our mind, which happens through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. That's the only way that it happens. Well, today we're going to look at a couple of different passages out of the book of Hebrews that tell us of other sacrifices that, uh, that we are to offer. I want to start in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 15 and 16. And it says this, it says, Through Him, through Him then, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge His name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. In this, in this one short passage, we, we see three different sacrifices that we're to offer. Right, The first one is the sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge His name. And the other, the other two is doing good and to sharing. And quite honestly, this morning, I'm not going to get to doing good and to sharing. 
That's going to be the next sacrifice that we talk about. Maybe next two sacrifices that we talk about. But today I want to talk about the, the, the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge His name. The passage starts out, through Him then. <laughs> through Him then. What was the writer of Hebrews saying? He's been talking about the sacrifice of Jesus being the only sacrifice necessary anymore for the forgiveness of sin. And so he says, so through him then, since Jesus was the blood sacrifice that paid for our sin, since Jesus was the blood sacrifice that paid for our sin, Jesus himself said in John chapter chapter 14, he said, Jesus, I am the way. The truth and the life, no one can come to the Father except through me. The writer of Hebrews says, through him then we offer the sacrifice. What was the sacrifice? The sacrifice is praise. Because of what Jesus has done, we offer to God The sacrifice of praise for what Jesus has done. That word praise means the act of praising or a thank offering. One of the the root word of it really means to to tell a tale, to tell a story. Right? So it becomes something that is not, it is not something that is just thought about. It is something that is spoken. It's something in which a story is told. It's not just simply praise the Lord. Although it can be that, right? But, but oftentimes it's much more than that. Uh, in, in a John MacArthur book that I was reading this week, it said this about this passage. It says, Offering praise to God involves much more than merely mouthing the words, Praise the Lord. It completely entails gratefully declaring God's attributes and His works. So I want us to think for a moment. About several things. Number one, what what can we praise God for? What can we praise God for? And this this is where the reading reading scripture is going to come into the play. Because you know what? The psalmist, more more than anything else, the, the psalmists are praises to God. I mean, all through scripture are praises to God, but particularly in the Psalms. And, and in the Psalms, what we, see, what we see praise to God for is first and foremost who God is. That's the reason I started by, by talking about the Old Testament sacrifice and those Old Testament people of God that they, they knew what worship was. Right? And it was to God. Well, it's, I mean, it's the same way. We, we praise God for who He is because he is God. And really, we could, we could stop right there. Because if you believe this book that there is a God, I had a conversation with a man this week. You know that if you believe that there is a God, if you believe this Bible, if you believe that there is a God, then it, it changes how you live and the way you talk and what you say. Because if there is one 
that is ultimately in charge, that ordains the, the dealings of man, then, then this business of worship is pretty serious business. This, this business of offering sacrifice, acceptable to God, is a pretty serious business. In fact, Romans, excuse me, Hebrews uh, chapter 12, a little earlier in the chapter, says that it's done with reverence and all. I read that passage this morning. Isaiah chapter 44, verse 6. Thus says the Lord, thus says Yahweh, the true God. The King of Israel and His Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. There is no God. Psalm 83, 18. That they may know that you, whose name alone is Yahweh, that you are the Most High over all the earth. Psalm 86.10 For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Psalm 86.5 For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. Psalm 139 O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought far off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways, for there is not a word on my tongue. But behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before, and you've laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? See, these, these passages tell us there's only one God. And He created you. And He, he knows you. And the, the root of why we praise Him and, and why we, we offer Him the, the, the praise of our lips is because He is God. He is God. Secondly, we can praise Him for what He has done. Psalm 139 says this. It's a familiar passage of Scripture probably for you. It says, For you, you God, you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance as yet they were unformed. And in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, as 
yet there were none of them. God was the agent in creating you. Regardless of what you might believe, how you think life birth comes to be, God did it. You know, today is Sanctity of Life Sunday. Many, many Baptist churches across the state and probably across our, our nation are, are preaching passages on the, on the sanctity of life. Right? Well, we are pro-life. Right? Even, even before the Bible and God's prohibition against murder, we are pro-life because at the very core of why we are is this passage. God formed us. God created us. He sees us. He knows us. He has ordained the days of our life. And it's one of the reasons that we should praise Him. Another reason we should thank Him is for the grace that is in your life. I love the song that, that Caleb sang. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15 says, For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. His grace in our lives. God's riches at Christ's expense. G-R-A-C-E. God's riches at Christ's expense. Paul tells the Romans in Romans chapter 8, verse 32, he says, He who did not spare his own son, God, who did not spare his own son, Jesus, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? He said that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ. Not tribulation, nor troubles, or persecution, or even death can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The grace of God when we did not deserve it. Each of us that are saved, that belong to God through Jesus Christ, have so much that we can praise Him for. You know, I could walk around this auditorium with a microphone and virtually all of you would have something that you can praise God for. Praise Him for our salvation, for His forgiveness, for His mercy, His care in our life, His provision for us, His protection, His healing, an eternal home in heaven. And you know what? All of those reasons that you, can, that you can think about for reasons to pray God can be summed up with that last sentence of Romans 8.32. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's all His love. It's all His love. Looking back, at our passage in Hebrews chapter 13, through him then let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Offering up praise is not just a matter of thinking it, 
you know, or, or saying it once in a while when something really good happens, the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving affects our, our whole being. And therefore, it is offered to God continually, continually, at all times. It's not dependent upon good circumstances. Because our God is God all the time. And He is good. That's a hard hurdle to get over. It is for me, anyway. You know, this morning we spent quite a bit of time praying before Sunday school started. And, and can I tell you, there's just so many, so many people in our church and, and loved ones of people in our church that, that are requesting prayer for God to just do miraculous things in their life. Healing and provision and just so, so much stuff. Well, do you know what? This, this verse commands us, instructs us to praise continually in spite of whatever circumstances we think there might be. You know, I remember when I was, I don't know, 15, 16 years old, I drove a 1970 Chevrolet pickup truck. And uh, one day the alternator went out on it. And uh, so my dad said, well, go up to Joe Darty's Napa store and get you a new alternator and go put it on. Well, Okay, had no idea what I was doing, but you know, it was a six-cylinder pickup, lots of room under there to work on stuff. I crawled under that pickup, and I found out which one was the alternator by matching the one I bought at Joe's to it, <laughs> right? So I took the belts, I loosened the bolts, I took the belt off, I took all the bolts out, and I was just, I mean, I was ready for that thing just to fall right off there so I could put the new one on. I spent hour at least. I mean, I, I mean, that's been a long time ago. And I remember working on that truck in that shop. And I spent hour, probably more than an hour. It was dark by the time I got done. I spent a long time under there. And finally, and this was before YouTube, this was before anything, right? Just, son, go change the alternator. And, and finally, I don't know how, but I, I figured out that you have to, like, turn that alternator just a little and then pull it right off. And when I figured that out, I said, praise the Lord. There was another guy in the shop. He said, what? I said, praise the Lord. He said, praise the Lord for what? I figured out how to he help me get this alternator off of here. And you know, but as I think about that, praise the Lord in all circumstances. Praise Him in all circumstances. I praised Him for the success. Did I praise Him for the struggle? You think I ever changed another alternator that I didn't try to turn it to get it off? I learned. I don't remember if it ever worked again, but I remember that was the deal with that 1970 Chevrolet pickup. But you know what? I should have, could have praised him for the lesson that I was learning in the midst of going through whatever, what, what that little, and that's such a trivial thing, isn't it? You know, but it's one I remember. But how, I, I should have been praising him for the, for the lessons that he was teaching me, for whatever was going on in my life in the, in the midst 
of the whole thing instead of just at the end. And that, I believe that that's what Scripture intends for us to do. Let us then continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge His name. I read that passage in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28, 29. It says, Therefore, let us be grateful Therefore, and again, it's because of what Christ has done. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship. Acceptable worship. Which is, he's going to tell us in just 15 more verses, right? Is the fruit of lips, the sacrifice of praise. Acceptable worship. Worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. So how do we praise Him? With the fruit of lips. We praise Him with the fruit of lips. What does that mean? It means with our speech. It means out loud. Right? I mean, yes, you can, you can say praise the Lord under your breath. You can, you can say it in your prayers. You can say it. All kinds of stuff, but it's also intended to be a part of our life that comes out of our mouth. That we, that we profess and we exclaim what, how good God is by praising the Lord. Just the word praise means, means, to be, means it's an act, not just, not just a thought. Most of us... Spend more time grumbling than we do praising. I'm not going to preach any more on that. Just let it, be, let it fall where it falls. But you know, it's true. You know, as we, as we talk with people, are we aware of what is coming out of our mouth? Are we aware of the fruit of our lips? Is it grumbling? Is it praising God? Psalm chapter 50, verse 23 says, Whoever praises glorifies me. And to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. That's another thing. Praise and right conduct in our lives go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. Psalm 147 says, Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant and praise is beautiful psalm 69 30 i will praise the name of god with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving and people are saying finally he's talking about what praising god is it's about singing and there's truth in that there's truth in that as i was singing up here and caleb was leading us in in singing and worship i turned around and and I, everybody that I looked at was singing. I thought, praise God. Praise God. That is, that is worship to the Lord. When we sing praises to His name. And the songs that Caleb selects to use in our worship service are all about extolling the attributes and the goodness and the grace of God in our lives. And they can, are songs of, of praise. 
Psalm 116, sin. I'm going to go a different direction now a little bit. Psalm 116, beginning in verse 10, says this. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? What a question. What shall I render to the Lord for all of his benefits toward me? And then he answers, he says, I will take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. Now, I, you know, there's lots of different things that think about what that, I will take up the cup of salvation. They don't really know what it meant. You know what come to mind? This is a little weird, but you know what come to my mind? Cheers. Let's raise a glass to the God of my salvation. I don't mean to belittle that, right? But, but it, is, it is praising God for salvation. The second thing in verse 14, he says, I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people. I, I, I thought about that. I thought, I don't know what that means. I will pay my vows to the Lord. And, uh, you know, I tried for a little while to try to study that a little bit, but I didn't, I didn't get a whole lot with it. But, uh, but I had a thought. It says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. O oh Lord, truly, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And I will call on the name of the Lord. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And will call... On the name of the Lord. What shall I render to the Lord for his benefits to me? I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. I will call upon the name of the Lord. As I, as I thought about that vow thing. I will, pay, I will pay my vow unto the Lord. I thought about what that meant. I thought about Jesus. Did Jesus make any vows? And you know he did. You know, and, and the vows, the vows that I remember him making, and I haven't studied all of this, but the vows that I remember him making were this. I vow to do your will, Father. He didn't say it exactly like that. But that's what it was. I only do what I hear the Father tell me. Before he went to the cross, he said, not my will, but your will be done. You know, I think that was the vow of Jesus. I will be obedient to the Father. Well, you know what? That's pretty good for us too. That's pretty good for us too. I don't know what the psalmist had in mind. Well, there's really only one other thing I want you to see about this fruit of our lips. That is praise. And uh, Hebrews 13, back, back to Hebrews 13, 15 and 16. Through him let us then continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. As I, as, as I was studying and thinking about that sacrifice of our, of our lips, I come across a passage in Hosea chapter 14. And I'm sorry, you guys should have been writing all these down, I guess. Hosea chapter 14, and, and the prophet Hosea says, says this. He says, O Israel, return to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. And then he says this, take words with you. 
Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, take away all iniquity. Receive us graciously, for we will offer the sacrifice of our lips. Do you see what Hosea was saying? The, the sacrifice of their lips was? It's repentance. It's repentance. Repentance is a sacrifice of lips that is pleasing and is worship to God. There's a very, there's an interesting story in the book of Daniel. And uh, in Daniel chapter 4 verse 29, you know, it's about uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, right? The, uh, the king of Babylon. And if you remember anything about that story, Nebuchadnezzar, he thought he was all that, Right? And, uh, and the Bible says that he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon, and the king spoke, saying, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? And Scripture says that while the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you, and they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling will be with the beasts of the field, and they shall make you eat grass like an oxen. Seven times shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. And that very hour, the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men and ate grass like an oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a king going from being all that and knowing he was all that and saying that he was all that and it was his own doing to being one that was living in the field with claws like an eagle and, and hair that, that looked like a feathers of a bird. Do you believe this word? It's a far out story. The story continues. And this is Nebuchadnezzar speaking now. He says, and at the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my understanding returned to me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored Him who lives forever. For His dominion is an everlasting dominion, and His kingdom is from generation to generation, and all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to His will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain His hand or say to Him, What have you done? He who was the greatest of all on all the earth came to know that He was nothing. That it was all God. Why do we offer the sacrifice of praise? And by, by the way, did you, did you hear Nebuchadnezzar offering that sacrifice of praise? Why do we offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually? 
acknowledging that Jesus and all, all that he is, that it's all through him. Because he is almighty God. And he loves us with an everlasting love. Oh my goodness. Ought to put a smile on our face. Ought to put a song on our heart and on our lips. That we honor and praise God through the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a sacrifice of praise. Caleb, come and lead us in a hymn of invitation. Will you, you can stand. Will you offer to God a sacrifice of praise? Maybe, maybe part of that is returning to Him in repentance even. I don't know. You know. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit might speak to every heart here. Lord, that you might show us what it means to praise you, that you might lead us in repentance, God, to, to follow you and to glorify you in all that we do. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, friends, before you go, if you have a prayer request, call the church office at 405-381-2492. If you'd like to learn more about our children's, youth, men's, women's, or senior adult ministries, visit our website at fbctuttle.net. Thanks again for joining us today. We love you and we hope you have a blessed week.